Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is Friday, July 8th, and this is People Every Day. Hello there, everyone. Congrats again on making it to another Friday. It's me, Janine Rubenstein, and I am very excited because, well, it's my hubby's birthday. Love you, Doug. And not only do we have some brand new songs to sample as part of New Music Friday, but we have some wild music news surrounding Doja Cat and Stranger Things to talk about. But before we start running up that hill, let's dive into what's been bubbling up out there in the world. We begin with some shocking news from across the globe. Former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has died from gunshot wounds sustained during a campaign speech in Nara, Japan, on Friday morning. Abe was shot on the right side of his neck around 11.30 a.m. local time while speaking at a campaign rally ahead of Japan's upper house elections on Sunday. He collapsed immediately and was rushed to a hospital for treatment. Doctors said that the bullet was, quote, deep enough to reach his heart and that it was impossible to stop the bleeding. A handmade gun was discovered at the scene, and 41-year-old Yamagame Tetsuya, a person of interest, was arrested Friday afternoon. Tetsuya once worked for Japan's Maritime Self-Defense Force. He reportedly told police that he was angry with the former prime minister and deliberately set out to kill him. Abe served as prime minister of Japan from 2006 to 2007 and from 2012 to 2020. And we send our deepest condolences to his family and the people of Japan. And now we have to talk about this story surrounding Kim Kardashian and her daughter, Northwest. On Wednesday, Kim and North made quite the statement during Paris Fashion Week while at the Jean-Paul Gaultier Haute Couture Fall Winter 2022-2023 show. Not only did the mother-daughter duo wear matching accessories, but they twinned in black and gray pinstriped outfits. The signature piece that everyone took note of was their matching nose ring chains. The chain went from the left sides of their noses and looped down their neck and back up to their left ears. You have to see the photos on our website. It's certainly something. It was something that garnered a lot of attention and conversation, which makes the next part of this story all the more confusing. Later, while at the same fashion show, North held up a sign that said stop, which was aimed at photographers to stop taking her picture. Kim then shared a series of photos on Instagram of the two of them at the event and ended with a video of North holding up the sign as she looked directly at the camera. The caption for the post read, quote, For anyone who knows North knows how funny she finds the last slide. North, I guess, had it with the people taking pictures of her. So she wrote on her invite, stop, and held it up and wanted them to just focus on the show. Now, I totally get wanting to keep your kids out of the spotlight. Tons of celebrities and even some of my friends and family don't want their children's photos taken in public and splashed all over the internet. That's your choice as a parent and as a kid in North's case. But Kim and North did make such an entrance at this major fashion show in Paris. And now we have Kim, who has millions and millions of followers, posting photos of North asking people not to post photos. I mean, what? It's getting a bit meta and makes my brain hurt. But if 
I know one thing for sure. These Kardashian women know how to keep their names in the news. The second installment of Stranger Things Season 4 has been out for a week now. The show has been a smash hit with millions of fans around the globe, including rapper Doja Cat, who apparently is a big fan of one cast member in particular. If I say so, there's nothing strange about having a little crush. And like many people, Doja Cat is all hard eyes for Stranger Things actor Joseph Quinn. I mean, who can blame her? She did indeed make a move, but she did so through Joseph's co-star, Noah Schnapp. She slid into Noah's DMs asking about Joseph, and now the whole world knows about it. And yet, Doja is not happy. This story is everywhere, so joining me now to talk about it is People reporter Rachel DeSantis. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Janine. How are you? I'm good. So before Doja messaged Noah, she tweeted back in May, Joseph Quinn, fine as ish, right? Fast forward to now, she's sliding into his co-star's DMs asking about him. So what did Doja message Noah and how did it get out into the world? Like you said, we've known about this little crush since May, and I do not blame her because he he's a good-looking guy. Um, but she she took things one step further, and she kind of called on Noah to be her wingman. She was literally just like, hey, Noah, can you tell Joseph to hit me up? And then she immediately checked herself, and she was like, wait, no, does he have a girlfriend? And Noah did respond, but he wasn't so helpful because he just told her to slide into Joseph's DMs. And Doja was like, well, you know, I can't find them. He doesn't have any DMs to slide into. And so Noah helped her out, and he sent a link to Joseph's Instagram page, which actually only looks like it's been around since May, so maybe she couldn't find it before because it didn't exist. Um, but he said, right here, ma'am. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's not totally clear when this exchange happened, but Noah screenshotted the messages, and he posted it on TikTok this week, just basically totally exposing Doja Cat and her little crush for millions of people to see. Oh, no. Yes, the video has, like, since racked up, like, 4.2 million likes and 20.9 million views with, like, fans, like, just going in on the comments joking about Snap and, and why he would do this to Doja Cat. That's so wild to me. Even though, I have to say, Rachel, it reminds me of, like, kind of art imitating life. Doja Cat was on this episode of Dave that, you know, kind of sitcom around uh, Lil Dicky and something like this. I've just been talking to a woman all day, and my heart's kind of racing. It's exciting, and she may or may not be famous. Ooh. Yeah. Who is it? Her name is Amala, or Amala. The junkets would refer to her as Doja Cat. They were going back and forth in each other's DMs, and and he tried to, like, take a screenshot of her and accidentally send it back to her. <laughs> Instead of sending it to his friends to brag about, like, DMing Doja Cat, it's a mess. We mentioned earlier, Doja is mad that this happened. So last night, she went live on her TikTok and made her feelings known. This person that Noah did that, like, went and posted a private conversation between me and him, is so unbelievably, like, socially unaware and whack. And like, you know what I mean? Like, that's like borderline snake Wow. What else did she say, Rachel? Yeah, Doja Cat was not thrilled. Um, and I mean, rightfully so. It's like kind of a weird situation when you tell someone something in confidence and they go and post it on TikTok. But she started by saying, you know, to be fair, this is a kid. And she's right. He's only 17. 
And she said, and this is the clean version. She said, uh, when you're that young, you make mistakes, you do dumb stuff, you say dumb stuff, you mess up relationships with people, you make mistakes like you're supposed to, so you know not to do it in the future. And she said, I did my share of mess up, so I don't mess up again. Um, But she did also call him, she called the whole thing socially unaware. Yeah, like you mentioned, she called him a weasel. So, you know, he did delete the TikTok. So it's pretty clear that her message came through. One point I do want to mention is that in the screenshot that Noah posted on TikTok, you can see that they have previous exchanges on Instagram. So you can't read what they say, but you can see that they've talked before. So in that case, like maybe Doja thought they were friends. And like, if so, that's not so cool for him to kind of like blow up her spot. But on the other hand, like you said, Noah's a kid and I'm sure there are better ways to go about his attention, even if it's just like, I don't know, call Joe Keery or Natalia Dyer, who are also on Stranger Things. Well, while we're on the subject of music and Stranger Things, this show, man, it's it's making all these classic hit songs hits again. This biggest one lately, of course, is Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill. And then Metallica also saw a resurgence on the music charts after their song, Master of Puppets, was heavily featured during one of the more action-packed moments of the season. Like, is this how we are bringing back the classics now, like in TV shows? Yeah, it kind of seems like it, right? I mean, I really do think that the Duffer brothers, who are the showrunners um, of Stranger Things, I just think they do an incredible job of choosing music that really like moves you and really hits on these like specific nostalgia pressure points that we probably didn't even know we needed. And this is something that I was just talking with a friend, actually, about how this season of Stranger Things has been a really cool communal viewing experience in a way that I don't think we've experienced in a while. Everybody I know is watching this and talking about it. And I think the use of these songs, like Kate Bush and Metallica, were specifically used in pivotal scenes that contributed directly to the fates of these characters that we love so much. You know, like when I hear the opening notes of Running Up That Hill, I like still get chills and I think of this scene in the show. And, you know, they just do a really good job of incorporating that stuff. Wow. Love it, love it, love it. We will definitely keep an eye on all of this. So, Rachel, thank you so much for stopping by to break this all down with me. Yeah, thank you for having me. You may have seen it by now, but a photo of Khloe Kardashian attending a, quote, pimps and hoes party back in the early 2000s has been making the rounds. The controversial photo has sparked a very interesting conversation surrounding the prominence of taboo-themed parties before social media. This latest Chloe controversy involves claims of racial insensitivity, misogyny, and more. And we dive into all of it after the break. But before that, you guys, you know what day it is. It is New Music Friday, and we've got some of the freshest singles for you to add to this weekend's pool party playlist. We'll be right back. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. 
Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We are back and it's time to get into my favorite segment of the week, New Music Friday. First up, Burna Boy and Ed Sheeran have a new collab out called For My Hand, and I have really been feeling this one all day. Their voices together are just amazing. Our next one is for you country music lovers out there. Aussie Keith Urban has a new one out called Brown Eyes, Baby. That's me. And it's got everything you could ever want in a Keith Urban ballad. Ain't gotta be nothing more than one more drink and maybe I can take the blue out of your brown eyes, baby. Last but not least, if you're anything like me, you'll be turning this one up all weekend. Sierra is back in the game, and her newest song, Jump, has got me hooked. Yeah, we take it off, baby. You like it when I make it thing. You go wild when I make it thing. It get loud when I make it thing. Sierra, it has been too long. I'm about to play Jump on loop all weekend long. Khloe Kardashian loves a good photo op, we know that, but yesterday, a photo she took in the early 2000s now has her in hot water. The picture has raised eyebrows and the idea of whether or not past decisions really can come back to haunt you in the future. Well, to unpack the photo in question and what the cultural reaction would be in this day and age is People's Managing Editor, Charlotte Triggs. Hey, Charlotte, welcome back to the show. Hey, Janine. Well, in the photo of Chloe, she is attending a Halloween party that is themed pimps and hoes. And she is dressed in what can be described as a light blue zoot suit with a fedora. And she is holding the leashes of for Black women who are dressed in white lingerie. Now, needless to say, this photo is everywhere and doesn't look very good for Chloe. So what have we been hearing here at People about this photo and how it came to be? So, okay, so this is a photo that was taken in 2003 when she was 19. Actually, you got to harken back to 2003. That was like a pre-smartphones era. Smartphones didn't come around until 2007. Facebook wasn't invented until 2004. And it certainly didn't take off like as a mass market thing until much later. So, you know, back then people would take a photo and maybe nobody would ever see it. Now, in this this new social media era, a photo like this hits super different, right? It was surfaced on Reddit. This is the power of like one individual user can surface something with a shady caption. And in this case, the caption was, let's never forget this happened. And apparently, it actually has surfaced before. And, you know, some of the, her friends in the picture are actually celebrities in their own right. Megan Good, the actress is in it. Her best friends, Malika and Khadija, were in this picture too. But Megan Good, She's actually addressed this picture before and said, listen, you know, we were young and dumb and it was a Halloween party. Chloe has not addressed it. You know, it's a lot trickier for her because she is the white woman in the photograph. You probably remember that used to be a whole thing, right? Those kinds of pimps and hoes parties were like, it was very much an early 2000s thing that people did in college. 
these kinds of inappropriate frat parties were like a whole a whole cultural moment that died out with the advent of social media. Thankfully. Well, some might say that it seems fun and games, but hands down the photo is problematic. I mean, then now for racial reasons, when it comes to women and and just how women are viewed, all of these different things are conjured. So in, in 2015, a frat from the University of Texas introduced culturally insensitive party rules after one of its members had a racist border patrol themed party where partygoers wore construction hats and had names like Jefe and, and Pablo on them. And then some themes they banned included ghetto fabulous, urban themed pimps and hoes, white trailer trash, chicks and hicks, cowboys and Indians, just to name a few. But do you think this is still an issue and that colleges still need to do something or is this a blast from the past faux pas? Oh, I think this this is a blast from the past. I think when that uh, Abercrombie and Fitch documentary came out, you remember we talked about like the, that was like a vibe. It was like a specific moment in time. And in many ways, it might've been the same audience, right? They had those culturally insensitive t-shirts that people gleefully purchased and wore. That was pre-smartphones, pre-cameras on your, everybody's phone, pre-social media and like getting attention that would change the course of your life. The thing that got me in this article about the the college was their suggestions for what to do instead of a pimps and hoes party. It's like Pirates of the Caribbean themed. It's just so, so wholesome. Oh, like whoever, whoever wrote this list is like, oh my God, you're so cute. An April Fool's Day party, <laughs> an outer space and aliens party. It's just like, that's so cute of you to try. <laughs> I can imagine the students rolling their eyes at how corny that is. But I mean, come on, the Real Housewives party. You know, there's, there's things. I mean, and Janine, it's like, you know, I went to college, I graduated in 2005, and it's like, I never went to a frat party at all. But I'm sure that that was probably like the peak of this era of like inappropriate things. I definitely remember pimps and hoes being a thing. There have been multiple public figures who found themselves in hot water. The, the Bachelor season 25 winner, Rachel Kirkinell. Um, she fell in love with the first Black Bachelor in the franchise, Matt James, but she attended an antebellum plantation-themed party. And we all remember the food enthusiast and, and chef Paula Dean, who was seemingly blackballed from the spotlight in 2013 after a photo surfaced of her having a dinner with waitstaff dressed as slaves. So it is a story that keeps popping up with celebs, whether it's photos or old Twitter posts. What's the right way to grapple with things that you did in your past? Regardless of what was the cultural environment at the time, these things are being judged against the backdrop of now. If you're someone's crisis rep, right, what are you going to advise them to do? You're going to advise them to own it and to apologize and to like understand the impact that this photo or that this moment might be having on someone who's seeing it now. Absolutely. I always think back to Tom Hanks' statement when the whole thing with Harvey Weinstein came down and Harvey Weinstein was saying, it was a different time. It, things were different back then. And Tom Hanks kind of raised his hand like, mm, I was back then and I didn't do that. So come on. Exactly. Well, this can definitely be damaging to a career. We haven't heard from Chloe yet. Again, this had come out before. Do you think she'll have any response? I think she should, she should say, what it what was going on there is a lot of context that there that exists about her specific life and the moment in time that she was living her father had died that same year and she has previously talked about in her memoir talked about the fact that she was 
like partying like crazy and like raging in order to bury the pain and nearly had to be put into rehab because she was drinking so much and partying so much. So it's like, that's like, that's actually like some very deep, painful context that I think anybody would be able to empathize with and understand that she was making bad decisions in the moment. I think like the smartest decision would be to just address it. Well, Charlotte, thank you so much for for breaking all of this down for me. It's very interesting. Okay, thanks, Janine. Well, today's show has been filled with a mix of music and nostalgia, and we've got one more story to take you back down memory lane. We, of course, just heard the unmistakable classic Mbop, which first played over the airwaves 25 years ago, way back in 1997. In this week's issue of People, though, which is on stands right now, I should say, go ahead and treat yourself to a copy because we have a featured story about these boys turned men behind Mbop, the Hanson brothers. The members of Hanson, brothers Isaac, Taylor, and Zach, are all grown up with 15 kids between them. 15, ranging from ages 1 to 19, and they live in their hometown of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And since walking away from their record label in 2003, they created their own indie label, 3CG Records, and released five studio albums. The latest, Red, Green, Blue, dropped this past May. The trio are touring through 90 cities over six months, and after 30 years playing together and 25 years since their breakout toe-tapper, they are still incredibly thankful for their loyal fans who just keep showing up. Really built on that that true relationship with the fan that's that's joined you for the deep cuts, that's gone into the bench, and knows you know virtually every show song in the show. Well, I think we're we're lucky that this kind of success we were always striving for was not particularly about hits or about moments. It was about those kind of long lasting connections. It makes me so happy to see these guys going strong all these years later, and I hope hearing their story and having Mbop stuck in your head the rest of the day is something to make you smile. Be sure to check out the full story in this week's issue and head over to people.com to watch the amazing video that they did for us, you guys. It is so cool. Thank you for listening again this week. Stay safe, enjoy your weekend, and I'll see you back here on Monday for more People Every Day. People Every Day is produced by Chrissy Lindquist, Tony Mantia, Madison Lesby, Rachel King, Matt Sav, Amy Machado, and the great team at Pod People. Edited by Morgan Foose and Carter Wogan. People's producers are me, Janine Rubenstein, and Charlotte Triggs, with help from Eliza Sessler and Fallon Harge. Executive produced by David Flumenbaum and Zoe Ruderman. <laughs> 